there's something about bringing a hidden wound to light will help the hurt begin to lose its power. And then as Jesus comes in and begins to give you some new understanding about what was going on, he can identify the lie that was implanted with the wound and then replace it with the truth. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we conclude our special series on healing the soul of America and the West with Presbyterian Reformed Ministries International, or PRMI. And we have our same guest that we had on our third episode. We are delighted to have him, Reverend Dr. James Carney. And just to uh, remind you who he is, he's pastored Presbyterian congregations in a few places in the country, Seattle, Knoxville, Atlanta, for the past 20 years. And he now works full-time with PRMI, developing their dunamis ministry for application in local churches that equips believers to further God's kingdom through the Holy Spirit. He does a lot more than that, but that's our brief introduction for today, and you're going to hear from him today. So, Dr. Carney, welcome once again to Charisma Connection. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm glad to be here. Well, for those who haven't listened to our last episode, I wonder if you would mind giving us a little review of it. Sure. Uh, I'll be brief. We were talking about strongholds and how to, how they're created and for demonic strongholds, how we can tear them down. And we were applying that to structural racism in our country and places where the problems of, of racism or inequality or injustice are actually within systems. There's a lot of um, talk about this in our culture, and most of it is very unbiblical and often unhelpful. And while sometimes there might be some good diagnosis of some of the problems of racism, structural racism, the solutions are just disastrous. Uh, The good news is is that scripture understands how all of this works. And there are some very biblical ways of partnering with the Father for exercising the authority of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to identify and then begin to dismantle ungodly strongholds, and then be able to build in godly strongholds. And this applies not just to largest uh, institutions of racism or or that sort of thing, but you can also see these ungodly strongholds within our families or within our churches. So we talked all about that. Yes, we we touched on the big topic of spiritual warfare and Uh, what it means to have high-level spiritual warfare, too. So hopefully people will uh, run back to that uh, episode and listen to it. But this is our uh, the last of our four-part series, Healing the Soul of America and the West, and I believe all of these parts have been spiritually significant. Uh, But today is one I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be interested in as we discuss how an individual can be healed from the wounds of racism and injustice. And there may not be a more relevant topic to what America is going through culturally right now, would you say? Yeah, when we see reactions that are outsized to what to events, let's say the death of George Floyd has produced this outsized reaction of rioting around the country, there's, that usually means there's a wound there. 
uh, that there's, there's something more going on than just the event. Mm-hmm. And that's what, these, that's what this teaching is addressing is how do we bring healing to these wounds? Well, specifically, who are we speaking to in this episode today? Well, last episode we were talking about corporate wounds, structural wounds uh, within in the big picture. Now we're talking about individuals. These are victims and perpetrators of injustice, especially around issues of race. Mm-hmm. Because these racism and racial prejudice wounds not just our society and our social institutions, it wounds our hearts. You know, hurtful words, looks, demeaning attitudes, curses can inflict damage deep within us that can cripple our words and actions and our proper sense of self. Yes, it certainly goes right to the heart, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. And that's where we start, mm-hmm. uh, is with the healing of the human heart. And, and with the, the, the teaching, the human heart, is, is the Bible sees it, is, is more than just an organ that pumps blood or more than just the seat of emotions. It's also the seat of the intellect or the mind. Jesus, at one point, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? They're the heart of the seat of the will or the moral life. It says in their hearts, human plan their courses. The place of memory, where Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the heart is also the interface between human beings and spiritual beings. So that's the place where Jesus dwells in our hearts, right? He dwells in our hearts through faith. But our heart can also be influenced by Satan. That's where Judas, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him, Satan influenced his heart. So we're talking all about how the heart can be wounded and how the heart can be healed. I think looking up the word heart in the scriptures would be a good word study to do. Absolutely. It's, it, the, the Bible has a much bigger view of what that looks like than what our modern society sees a heart as. None of this follow your heart thing. Well, yeah, the, the, there's also that problem is that because our hearts are created in the image of God to, and reflect God, because of the fall, they're also corrupt so that the heart is desperately wicked. And therefore, it's, it needs to be healed, not just of the wounds, but also of the way that it's been bent by sin. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is a big part of how the Holy Spirit works to transform us more and more into the, the image of Jesus. Yeah. Well, God makes all things new, thankfully. Amen, amen, amen. And Ezekiel promises that God will give us, take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. That's good news. Yes. Well, anyone who has been affected by racism or injustice of any kind needs a deep healing. They might have experienced this as a person or in their family, maybe in their school or in their church with someone that they know. And when racism or injustice happens to us directly, it can get to the root of who we are. So what kind of inner healing do you think is needed in these cases? Yeah, that's a good word to put it when we talk about inner healing. Because you see, the heart is in a lot of ways like an iceberg. Uh, Much of it dwells below the surface of our awareness. It's down in our subconscious. And this unseen realm of our hearts is filled with thoughts and emotions and memories that deeply affect us. And it's in this buried place in our hearts where we have a lot of heartache. It's where a lot of compulsive behavior comes from, besetting sin. And it's into this deep, deep place that Jesus wants to enter in and heal us. 
because the good news is is that Jesus understands the human heart and the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of God also searches the deep things of our hearts. He who created our hearts knows our hearts and knows how to heal our hearts. Mm-hmm. And when we look at times when racism or injustice occurs, it seems obvious who hurt us. I mean, the perpetrator may be standing right there. He clearly did harm to us. But is it too simple to think of it only in terms of the perpetrator harming us? I mean, are there other sources of this kind of hurt? Yes. Like we talked about with the death of George Floyd, you have this outsized reaction. It's because there are things in our culture, just like there is in our hearts, uh, there are sources of hurt that go way back. There's genealogical hurt. These are influences or hurts that we are inherited from our parents and may go back many generations. God created us to bless and to pass on blessing to our children. However, with the fall, these blessings sometimes are twisted into curses through sin, and we can pass those down as well. And this, this happens unconsciously. If, if we pass on a lot of stuff to our kids, and if a curse is not broken, if a wound is not healed, then these can pass down unconsciously to the next generation. So a lot of times the things that we're talking about, let's say with, with racism or slavery, you'll say, well, hey, that happened you know, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. Well, it could be that some of this, this sin has been, and wounding has been carried on through the generations. And if it hasn't been broken, if it hasn't been healed, if it hasn't, the curses haven't been uh, corrected, that uh, they continue to affect us. So that's the first place to go is to, to look into these genealogical hurts. But also there could be prenatal hurts within the womb. We are aware of what's going around us and what's going on with our mother and her circumstances. They can have profound impressions upon us that are buried deep within our unconscious. There could be wounding there. Or childhood hurts. Uh, children are particularly sensitive to trauma. And hurtful, emotionally charged events in early childhood can become an emotional hurt that then gets buried in our subconscious because kids bury hurts because no kid wants to think about the bad things that happened to them. And what happens is that then we forget about these things and it's only later in adult life where we have things coming out that we are hurtful, we don't recognize ourselves doing that we'd have to dig in and go, okay, Jesus, what happened? And then, of course, the hurts that happen to us when we are older, you know, as teens and adults, the things that we remember. So all of these are sources of hurt, from the ones that happened very recently, the ones that go back generations. So obviously, inner healing would be important because we may not really remember all the things that happened to us. We wouldn't remember all the things that happened to us, even in the womb. That's exactly right. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit knows all this. <laughs> yes. That's the good news. Yes. And that is that it, all we're talking about are the basics of our faith, right? This is just simple scripture, you know. When we say that the Holy Spirit who seeks the deep things, searches the deep things of God, searches the deep things of our hearts, we're just talking about asking the Holy Spirit to come in and bring healing there. Mm-hmm. This doesn't take a Ph.D., It just takes faith and a friend and listening and just a few tools to be able to do some profound work of healing. So he really helps us to acknowledge, first of all, this hurt 
and then deal with it yes. so it doesn't really consume our lives and hinder us yeah. from being yeah. all that yeah. God wants us to be. Exactly. That's exactly right. God wishes to heal our hidden wounds so that we will not only be healed, but we then we will be channels of healing for others. Because what often happens is the places in which we have been wounded, when God begins and heal them, we then become these wounded healers uh, who are able to be vessels of God's grace in ways that are very particular because we've been there and we understand other people's hurts because of our own experience. Mm-hmm. This happens. There's, there's a lot to be said here, but I'll, I'll be brief. The Holy Spirit first, if, if we find ourselves reacting in ways that are just inappropriate, that are, that are way overreacting with anger or with lust or with greed or with fear or control, there's always roots. And, and if you just clip off the fruit, it's always going to grow back. Or the leaves, it's going to grow back. You need to say, okay, where are the roots? And let's get down into that. And that's where we're talking about getting into these memories. We remember these events. So we, we remember buried in our hearts what we were thinking at the time that these things happened or, or what we were feeling, what we were tasting. And even our bodies have memories of traumatic events. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit in prayer through inner healing, through a, a friend who either alone with our journal or with a friend who's praying with us can lead us into a hidden memory through association. They could begin sort of like, like Hansel and Gretel finding their way back out of the woods through this trail of white pebbles. The Holy Spirit can lead us into an old memory in the same way and bring to con- picture a word and then we'll say, oh boy, that, that could be a bridge into something deeper or a smell or a taste and suddenly pop something back into our heads. And then the Holy Spirit can then come in and melt these internal walls that are guarding our hearts from these lost memories. But then what do we do once we're aware of something like that, that something that happened way back, uh, something that someone said to us that, that functioned as a curse, for example? Mm-hmm. We can, we can, this is one exercise that I love to do. And it's Jesus into the memory. So mm, yes. as you're as you're sensing the the memory and it's coming back and you're saying, oh, I remember that happened to me. That, that babysitter did that thing to me, or I uh, I remember my mother doing that thing to me, or my father hitting me, or that thing I overheard, or that magazine that I saw, and it made this huge impression on me. What do I do? So what you do is you go, just close your eyes, reimagine the scene, go back to the place, and once you're there, invite Jesus into the memory. Say, Jesus, where were you? And then as he comes into the memory, begin to interact with him. Ask Jesus, what was going on here? Or what could I have done different? Or why did this person do this thing to me? And, and then have him begin to explain to you what's going on. But then also at, have him begin to take care of you and to heal your heart and to shield you. It's amazing the kind of things that in our, with our creative imaginations, Jesus is able to use those to actually enter into these past memories and bring healing. And then, and then ask him, after he's healed your heart, to say, well, what do you want me to do now? Uh, how do I live this out? Because Galatians says that for freedom we've been set free, therefore do not submit again to a yoke of freedom. What it means is that if we've lived with a wound, often we've compensated with certain type of behaviors and we no longer need to do that. We no longer have that yoke of slavery to whatever our coping mechanisms were. 
we can begin to live in freedom. But that takes some particular instruction, like some therapy, so that Jesus can have us begin to walk in this new freedom. So bringing Jesus into the memory, having him do some healing, and then some instruction on how then to live in freedom. That's one way of, of finding inner healing. And you can do this with yourself, or you can do this with a trusted friend. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus on the cross did not only pay for our sins, but he did a healing work on the cross. So how do we really apply that to ourselves so that we are truly free, so that we're living out that freedom in Christ? Well, sure. And in talking about racism and injustice, this appeals, it applies there. It applies more generally to wherever we're wounded. There are lies. When there are wounds, often what happens is that we will try to interpret why a certain event happened. Children do this all the time, and they'll get it wrong. Or they'll have the devil there that is whispering some lie which explains what happened. But and because of the wound, if you receive it, that lie is then embedded in your heart. So there's a couple things that happens as a result of Jesus' healing work. When the hurt is revealed, when you begin to face it directly, it begins to lose its power. There's something profoundly healing about just bringing things into the light. This is like if, if ever you've been on a dark street at night and you think someone's following you. If you're to quicken your pace, your fear will increase. If you start to run, the fear will become overwhelming. But if you simply stop and turn around and look, you'll see that there's no one there. Well, hopefully there's no one there. But your fear will immediately reduce. And if there is someone there, you'll be able to recognize exactly what's going on. So. There's something about bringing a hidden wound to light will help the hurt begin to lose its power. And then as Jesus comes in and begins to give you some new understanding about what was going on, he can identify the lie that was implanted with the wound and then replace it with the truth. So instead of saying, okay, I was hurt by this person so I can, I can never trust a man or I can never trust a woman because of what happened, or I hate my parents because uh, my father did this to my mother. We can start having Jesus say, well, look, let me, your father isn't a monster. Let me explain what was going on with him. And not to, not to excuse it, but to begin to say the truth of what was going on. He was a wounded person. He was doing something that was not okay. You know, sometimes Jesus comes in and just weeps in these situations. And you understand that it wasn't God who was making this happen. It was, he was weeping with you because his heart is broken because of what happened to you. And you begin to understand, oh, it wasn't because God is mean and against me. Uh, It was breaking his heart too. So as Jesus comes into these memories, we can begin to define what happened to us according to the truth and not a lie. And that is often what sets us free. But it goes even deeper than this because when we talk about spiritual warfare, the devil really wants to keep us in bondage. And when there's areas of wounds and lies, they can become territory for him to actually attach himself to us, not to our spirits, because our spirits are in the inner sanctum of our hearts. They are saved when we say yes to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is there. But the vessel of our soul, of our spirit, is the soul. And if there's areas of woundedness or unredemption or or sins or disobedience, the devil can actually have a place where he can hook onto us. And as we heal these memories and we replace the truth of the lie with the truth, it actually removes the ground 
for him to put his hooks into us and then and then we're freed. Uh, I remember I remember once I felt that I needed to have the certain person pray for me. Mm-hmm. And I had a deep wound in my heart. I call it the mother wound. And it had to do with some things that happened with my mother early on where I was deeply wounded. And that resulted in a lot of dysfunctional behavior, right? So, and and I received a lot of healing, but I felt I was still struggling with sin. And so I went up and I, I asked this person to pray for me. And it was amazing. He started to pray for me. And all of a sudden I got a, a vision of my heart and I saw that there was a scar on it that had come from this wound and it had, it had the, it was a little, it was puckered, you know, like mm-hmm. where something had been stitched up and I saw Jesus peel off the, uh, the pucker, uh, the scar in my heart then was smooth. And so there wasn't even a trace of the scar. And I saw the devil who was grabbing onto my heart, using that scar, he no longer was able to do that. He had lost his purchase point Hmm. so that he was just bouncing off and he was trying to tempt me, but he no longer had a ground or a a place to grab onto. So I was freed because I no longer had this place he could put a hook in on me. Uh And so you see, all of this is part of sanctification. All of this is a practical work of the Holy Spirit coming in and taking parts of us that are ungodly, that are fallen, that are sinful, that, that might have come back from many generations ago, might have come back from something that happened in the womb, might have been something that happened to us as a kid or as an adult, and he is replacing it with a piece of Jesus. And so what happens is that through this deep inner healing, a Christ-centered identity and a true self-understanding begins to emerge that the work of this Holy Spirit to penetrate the memory, to bring light, manifesting the presence of Jesus in us, restores in us the shattered image of God and enables us to more and more reflect the character of Jesus. Mm -hmm. As you're talking about inner healing and the way God redeems things, I think of the kingdom of God comparing it to the kingdom of this world that I see on the news every night and the yes. the riots and so forth related to race and injustice and and the wounds that are within us. So it's a beautiful yes. thing to just think how if we all lived in the kingdom of God the way you're describing, how our world would be so different and someday it will. Well, and the thing is, it is different because of the kingdom of God. So, and this is a word of hope. And in terms of addressing the riots, I'm here in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, close to Portland. We've got riots. When you go through downtown Seattle, you can see the buildings that are being boarded up. You can see the results of the fire and the ashes. And it's just, it's awful. But those are indicating a, a wound that is in our country, and it, it's actually an opportunity to come in and bring the kingdom of God, to bring healing, to bring truth where there's lies, to bring healing where there's wounds. It's an opportunity. It's a crisis moment for us in this country. And as Christians, we have the tools with the gospel and with scripture to be hands and feet of Jesus, to bring healing and to bring restoration so that our country can live more and more into the purposes for which God created the United States of America. And this is the great hope. This is the great opportunity that we have. 
And what I'm teaching here and what the, the congregation materials that we're developing with PRMI, the organization that I'm with, is to equip Christians to be able to gauge their faith, to take advantage of this crisis moment, to further the kingdom. But it is a crisis moment. It can go one way or the other. Yes. <laughs> and we're really in the balance. So it's important for us to ask the Father, what is my part in bringing healing at this uh, crucial time? I love that. I was just going to ask you to help us wrap up this series, to give us some takeaways or points of application, and I think you just gave one. <laughs> this is the time to, to listen to what God said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for I have called you to take the land. I'm not talking about being Christian America. I'm not talking about a theocracy. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ being salt and light to bring healing and restoration to our land so that we can live in peace, where diversity is something that will not tear us down, but will build us up because of the various different gifts that God has given to different groups, the different ethnicities, the different cultures in our, uh, in our, in our great nation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. James Carney, for just this rich discussion that we've had here today and your teaching. And I certainly appreciate it. I wonder if you'd like to close us out this series and this show with prayer today. I'd love to. Father in heaven, you are sitting on the throne and, <laughs> and none of the tumult of the nations is dislodging you or your son, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of heaven and earth. Holy Spirit, we ask this day, I ask this day that you would be piercing into the hearts of those that are listening and you would be revealing to them the places where they need release and healing and that you would show them step by step how they can, by themselves or with a friend, partner to find healing that they would then, uh, you would call them to say, what is their part for the healing of the nation, the healing of their family, uh, the healing of their community, the healing of their church? What is their part? Uh, Gather us together, Father, into these groups so that we can really make the most of the opportunity of these days. And I just pray the blessings of the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the joy and the power of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit just descend upon the hearts of those that are listening, both now and forevermore. Amen. We receive that. So thank you for sharing with us today. And would you give us your website one more time? Yeah. So the website for this ministry is PRMI, Presbyterian Reform Ministries International, PRMI.org. PRMI.org. And in that, there's a lot of different ministries that are going on. We're going to have some redirects on how to find these tools. They're going to be coming out in the next uh, few weeks on Healing the Soul of the West. That's what it's called. But there'll be a 10 week congregational series for engaging your faith for healing the nations around these issues of racism and prejudice. Wonderful. Well, Reverend Dr. James Carney has been with us today, and we certainly appreciate it and all that you have brought as you've been doing a little bit of study there, haven't you, Dr. James Carney? (laughs) 
It has been a thrill and a, and a real call from God. Yeah, it's been fun. I can see that. He's gifted you in this way, so it's wonderful. Thank you for, uh, for being with us these past two shows for Healing the Soul of America and the West. And once again, the website is prmi.org. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And if you would like to listen to some of our other shows, please go to cpnshows.com. And there you can find over 100 different podcasts from different authors, speakers, leaders in the faith. And I'm sure that you would enjoy just, you know, delving into some of those. All different variety of shows there. cpnshows.com, the Charisma Podcast Network. And thanks for joining us today here at Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 